Welcome to the Gate 7 International Podcast, your official English source for all things Olympiakos FC and Greek football. The first day of training is when I realized, oh, this is why they win the league every year. When I, I spoke with Kevin, if I'm going to sign or no for Olympiakos, he said, you're a pretty good deal, like my friend. I can't speak, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, <laughs> What's happening, everybody? Gate 7 International back at it again on this lovely Sunday afternoon, evening, morning, depending where you guys are tuning in. I'm Adi, joined by Costa today to discuss all things going on today. Costa, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I'm joined by my cat, Paco, right now. He's with us right now. I don't know for how long. It's great to be with you, man. And it's great to be with a lovely uh, Gate 7 international audience. As always, people already checking in. TF91, Jim Politis, thank you guys for tuning in. You guys are regulars of the show. We love having you. And yeah, it's a big game for sports, or a big day for sports, I should say, today. It was some big games today for the Greek Super League. We'll touch on that shortly. And for those of you that are... Uh, fans of the NFL, National Football League in the United States. It's Wild Card Weekend. Um, I know many of the Greeks that are listening in Greeks or Greeks that are listening in Greece will be sleeping, but uh, my Baltimore Ravens will be playing their playoff game in about three hours. So I'll be watching that shortly after we finish recording. <laughs> A lot of stuff. A lot of stuff going on today. A lot of stuff to get into. But obviously, first and foremost, guys, the channel, our socials, they are growing again. We're out of the holiday season, getting back into the swing of things. Things are beginning to pick up. So for those of you that are tuning in, we get new people that tune in every show. And it's literally just over half of the listeners for every show that tune in are new listeners. And a lot of you don't subscribe. So like, subscribe, help us continue to grow this podcast. You guys like the, the show, I should say. We're not just a podcast anymore. If you like the content, like, subscribe. The engagements boost us up the algorithm. Help us find more Greeks. Help us find more Libyakos fans. And help us grow the red and white community. And, of course, a couple words from our sponsors. Guys, if you are shipping anything out of Greece, out of the United States, to Greece, to England, wherever it's got to go, visit our friends at Piraeus International www.pereasintl.com. They will ship boxes. They will ship cars wherever they have to go all around the world. So give them a call if you need any trans-shipping needs to any country in the world. And of course, as always, Champions League elimination stages are coming up, Europa League, Conference League. And we did some fun stuff for the World Cup with BetUS. They, do, they have great odds, everybody, and they are very aggressive right now. They are trying to grow, get more people to bet with them. Um, for those of you that paid attention during the World Cup, I had great odds for a lot of the games uh, that were better than FanDuel, that were better than uh, Bet365, some of the European sites. Check them out. They're also doing a 125% deposit match. So when you go visit the link, use our promo code GATE7INTL. They will match after your account creation, your first deposit, 125%. So if you deposit 100 bucks, they will give you 225 as your first deposit, as a bonus. So it is a great service for you betting guys out there. They give great odds, and we have a blast with them. So Lombardo's terrible. I don't think he's won a single bet yet, but we, we do those bets between us all the time, and we'll continue that for the Champions League as well. 
Now, let's get into it, Costa. Let's discuss. There's a lot to talk about today. First and foremost, big win. First big, we say derby win because Adis are one of the, we'll say, perennial top five clubs. Uh, a lot of people don't think it is a derby, which is fair. Uh, maybe it's not a real derby. Maybe it isn't. But this is our first really big win over a more competitive team that we've had this season. They beat us in the first half of the season. It was very frustrating. And then today, despite it being quite an ugly game, um, we were able to be the ones that got this one and fight it out, duke it out, get that ugly win. And we continue the win streak. Costa four games in a row. And not just that, no goals. No goals conceded no in conceded. four, four games, games straight. What do you make of that? Well, it's a huge result. We talked about it last week. Uh, we've been talking about uh, the need to, to to break some streaks right now. One streak that needed to break was the fact that Olympiacos couldn't win more than two games in a row. Now they've won four. Uh, another streak was Olympiacos couldn't win a big game within 90 minutes or extra time. Uh, they did it against Aris. That was a big game. I would like to clarify a bit, um, a, a bit, the, a bit about the whole derby thing. Uh, yes, well, in England, where I, I work in the, I, I, where I work, a derby is strictly considered a match between local rivals, with very few exceptions. One of which is Manchester United versus Liverpool. When Arsenal and uh, Manchester City play, it's not a derby. It's a huge match. It's not a derby. Now that Newcastle are are up and coming and they're already looking great and they're going to keep looking even better when they play Man City, it's not going to be a derby. It's a shame Martial isn't here because then maybe he could give us the French um, the French definition. But when it comes to Greece, a derby is when two big Greek teams and big Greek clubs play play against each other. I, five years ago, the game against Olympiakos versus Aris wouldn't be a derby. But now it is a derby because in the last few years, Aris are consistently in the top four. Of the Greek league, and they and they enter the uh, Euro, the the Europa Conference League qualifiers and the Europa League qualifiers in recent years. So that's why it's a derby now. Right now, that's considered a derby. Huge win for Olympiacos. Um, the game started a little sloppy. It was uh, we've been used to Olympiacos dominating the first half and uh, downing tools in the second. It was kind of the uh, the opposite tonight. Uh, Olympiacos had a rocky start, a nervous start. Uh, they did get a goal with Cedric Bakambu that was rightly uh, overruled for offside. Honestly, I would like to mention that to you, uh, Ari, as well. That I was a bit perplexed with uh, Bakambu's movement. When Fortuny stole the ball, Bakambu knew he was offside. He was just pacing instead of running back towards the line so that they could create some. He just stood there and Fortuny automatically and instinctively gave him the ball and he was way offside. So that was a bit of a, an issue there. Then we got Aris's goal which you have an analysis, a very important analysis to share later on, from uh, ah, who was the guy who scored it again? I forgot his name. Uh, the, the, the goal called back offside, yes. Yeah, it was offside by Darida. Uh, uh, he was obviously offside. That was a bit of a that was a bit nervous, though, because uh, Olympiacos needed the AR in this one. But they made the right call. It was definitely an offside. Uh, then the second half started with Fortunis being taken out for Masuras, which uh, I remember on our WhatsApp group, we did raise a few eyebrows on that. But we didn't care a few seconds later because exactly. has delivered one of the best crosses I've ever seen in the Greek Super League, not this season ever. 
And Masuras finished it off in a way that he hasn't since the Fenerbahce game last season. We haven't seen Masuras finishing like that in a very, very long time, at least a year. So he scored the winning goal right there. Olympiacos had some really good chances uh, with Pepiel. Uh, Julian Cuesta had a very good game, denying some amazing opportunities from Olympiacos. A bit of a pickle there. Uh, we had uh, Olympiacos do have a few complaints, and one of them is uh, the fact that again I forgot that player, the, the Irish player's name. Who was the Irish player that almost broke Masuras's leg? Oh yes, I uh, my my word, that was a travesty. I mean, I. I get why it was only a yellow card because he was not the last player back, but that was such a dangerous Fabiano. challenge. Fabiano, there you go. That's it. No, no, that's a red card. That's that is a direct it, red card. VAR should have intervened. They should have because that, I mean, look, I know people say all the time that when you slow things down, things always look uglier than they actually are. But still, either way, it was a really bad foul. It was reckless. Um, even if it was supposed to be a tactical foul, that's dangerous. And I feel like I'm, I hear myself say this every game we play Adis. Every time we play Adis, we always talk about how I can, I'm surprised nobody came out injured from this. Uh, you know, I'm surprised nobody like ended up in the hospital. All of these games against Adis are very, very physical and they get very ugly very fast. But that was a horrible foul. Fortunate, they were. I, I agree with you. I think they were very fortunate to get away with the yellow. I think the refs, again, reasoning there was he wasn't the last man back, and maybe that's why he didn't give it. But it was very dangerous, though. The, very the, dangerous. Because the attack was very dangerous because Huang was coming from the left and he had an entire field available. So if yep. Masuras had managed to, to give that pass, he, Huang could have finished it right there. But yep. like I, he almost snapped his, his shin in half. Like yeah. That was very it, dangerous. VAR should have intervened. That's not fine. Look, man, I agree with you there, but I, I, you know, this season it's asking for a lot to get calls that should be called, um, not, not just for Libyakos, but just in general. Uh, certain teams seem to be getting great calls at the great, great times, but whatever it is, what it is, I'm not gonna, not gonna belabor that point. We try not to talk too much about referees in this in this oh, show. We don't, we don't, we don't. No, I don't blame the referees for anything. Uh, this uh, this match, other than them being careless and reckless, because that puts right. players' uh, security. In, in trouble. There was a, an incident right. with Pascalikis as well and Andre Gray. Very dangerous situation. That could have led to a yes. serious head injury. When yep. Pascalikis, well, he was going for the ball and Gray was going for the ball and that led to a serious collision. He was offside, so, and there was a goal after that, but he was offside, would have never counted. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, huge win for Olympiacos. Very big for their uh, for their confidence. Two games coming up with Atromitos and Dofi. You gotta play Marcelo next, uh, next weekend. Right. Uh, two big games with Addis in the Cup as well. You mentioned injuries, so that's going to be interesting because it's going to be physical not once but twice. Yep. And then it's Pauk time. Exactly. And uh, the real we'll get... derby. Exactly. And we're going to get to we're going to get to the importance of that. But uh, I wanted to shuffle a couple steps back. You brought up Yorgos Masuras's goal, only his second goal of the season so far, first of the new year. Of course, uh, you guys may remember that 5 nothing drubbing that we had against Asteras just before the new year. Uh, Masuras had a goal there. But other than that, Masuras hasn't really done anything um, all season. It's been a very tough season for him. A player that is not, as we've brought up many times before, he's not a traditional winger. He doesn't have the skill set of an out-and-out -out winger. He's more of a forward that plays wide. 
And so when he's not getting that end goal product and he's not scoring for you, it, it, a lot of people then get really upset. Um, and uh, a lot of people can get very upset with Masudas very fast. One, because he's Greek. Uh, and two, because uh, he's not necessarily a player that can make a lot happen on his own. It frustrates a lot of Olympiacos fans. Uh, James Rodriguez with the assist, a lovely crossover to him. I mean, James has had some gorgeous, gorgeous crosses, gorgeous plays into the final third, into the penalty area especially. Uh, that makes his third assist on the season. So he's got three goals, three is a, th- three goals and three assists on the season. So it's about six goal contributions in under 1,000 minutes. That's not bad. Not bad at all. Uh, pretty good contribution from James. We have um, a comment here from Paris underscore Zaf. I was in the stadium and, oh, God, James couldn't walk. Uh, there's been a lot of questions, a lot of discussion about uh, how James maybe can't last a full 90. Uh, there was also a lot of discussion about how here we go. We have our first real test and it lo- things look difficult with three tens in the lineup. Um, I... I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe I wasn't paying attention to his movement, uh, Hamas's movement throughout the game, but I didn't I didn't notice anything worse than some other players, we'll say. But um, he has enough talent to where the distribution is is his value. It's not him running around all the time. He he plays some gorgeous balls, and that wasn't that ball to Masuras wasn't the only ball he played um, that made it to a dangerous area. He had a couple of uh, decent free. Uh, kick here along with Pepiel. Pepiel had a couple of great uh, moments as well. Also a nice free kick take. So uh, just some great stuff overall, not for lack of chances. In the first half, things were a little bit slow. I don't think there was a single shot on target in the entire first half. Um, I can double check myself on that, but I can't recall a single shot that was on frame in the first half. Uh, There weren't even that many to begin with. It was really the second half where things started to open up a lot more. Um, but uh, how did how did you see that, Costa? Uh, first half, second half, things slow. Maybe the team's feeling each other out, and then things opened up in the second half. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, usually Olympiacos dominate the first half and down tools in the second. It was the exact opposite uh, uh, tonight. And I also cannot remember a, a single shot on target in the first half. It was very slow. Um, Olympiacos had a, it was very nervy for Olympiacos. It did feel like they were trying each other out. Uh, but it it worked out at the end. Uh, a wonderful piece of uh, piece of skill by James. Incredible finish by Masuras. And let's not forget that the Olympiacos are now third in the league. They leapfrogged the Pauk, who drew with Offi, goalless draw there, and they're third right now, getting there slowly but steadily, getting there. And Panathinaikos are playing Pauk next week. Uh, they, they, they they escaped Yanina with the skin of their teeth. The usual penalty at stupid o'clock. But Bauk are a different animal. Bauk have improved. Bauk did get themselves into a nice little streak before the, the goal is draw with with uh, with Ofi. Something's brewing. Something's brewing there. I wouldn't be yeah. too sure. If I were a Panathinaikos fan, I wouldn't be too confident. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they've been, even their wins, I mean, they've, they, Panathinaikos has definitely struggled uh, at the very least at the start of the new year. We can even say since the, the restart of the league. Um, and they had an extra time penalty as you brought up already today uh they had an extra time penalty which changed the result against us obviously before the new year um they've they've benefited from this is their seventh penalty uh if i remember correctly when i was counting the seventh penalty on the year 
And six of those seven penalties had a direct impact on their final result of the game. Uh, the reason I say six of seven is because in the game against Ike, they had two penalties, their first derby against Ike. They had two penalties in the first half where they were losing one, nothing. And they had the penalty for um, that made it one, one. Then they had another penalty at the end of the half that made it two, one and the game finished out that way. So, uh, I mean, six of seven had a direct impact on the final result of the game. And then you can offer or offer. You can also say that all seven of the penalties directly impacted the scoreline because all of them changed the flow of the game in that manner. They, they went from losing to drawing. It changed the situation. So the, I said it in the first half of the season, Panathinaikos' way of winning was not sustainable. They were outperforming XG. They were outperforming. Uh, they, they, they were operating as the most efficient team in the league. They weren't creating the most chances. They were just finishing everything, uh, finishing chances that don't normally go in. I told everybody that wasn't sustainable. Of course, Panathinaikos fans didn't like it. Now look at what's been happening since the restart. Uh, they dropped points against the Onikos. They dropped points against Ofi. Barely squeaked by Levadiakos. They lose to Ike. Can't say we didn't see that coming. And then uh, I, I think they beat, uh, oh, that was a cup game against Volos, right? When they played, yeah, that was a that, that, That's a cup game. Uh, so that was comfortable, whatever. Volos always seems to roll over for the top teams anyway. And then, of course, today they just get, they literally, I mean, Basianin has a, been a tough team. They played all their home games against the top three teams. And they they haven't dropped any points against anybody up until today. And that was at, because of a, a penalty at the end. A penalty which is, was ridiculous. But anyway, they are getting out by the skin of their teeth. This isn't a Panathinaikos that's like the Pauk Invincibles that were strong and winning games. Maybe they weren't winning 5 nothing, 6 nothing every game, but they were a strong team. It didn't seem like they were going to lose. This Panathinaikos team looks like they're not going to win almost every game. Every game I've watched, they don't. I'm not impressed at all. I am impressed by the recent pickup they had, but I'm not impressed by the team right now on the whole. And it's going to make things very interesting going down the stretch. You already brought up they have a big derby coming up uh, next week against Bach. Huge chance for us to make up points. Uh, we could bring up next week's schedule real quick. I have up. I have it up here. So we're going to play against Atromidos. So great game for us. There you go. Ike's going to play Ionikos, so that's we can expect a win there. But win. this is a, another chance. It's a very important match for us um, to to really pick up points because then the following week we have another set of derbies because Adis is going to play Ike, an opportunity for us to encroach on second place. And Adi, I imagine Panathinaikos will beat Asteras. They've looked horrible uh, yeah. since the restart, the restart. But again, the, two must-win games in the next two weeks for, and here we are. It, I really could see a scenario, uh, you know. Hopefully, Panathinaikos lose, and we're within four points. All of a sudden, everything is possible now. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Right now, it, it's hard to see uh, Panathinaikos uh, keeping it up uh, with those kind of performances especially with the playoffs coming up. I, I've said it before, this is going to be the most, by far the most exciting playoffs in Greek football history because it might even be a four-horse race by the time we, we get to it. If Panathinaikos lose to Pauk and, and Olympiakos keep winning, they're gonna, Olympiakos are going to be four points behind the top. And uh, by the time Olympiakos play Panathinaikos, if they beat them at the Karaiskaki, that's going to be a minus one. I, 
That is if everyone else keeps winning their games. It, 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 it's very interesting right now. If anything, Olympiacos started very poorly, but they've proven that they're putting together a real push for the title in the second uh, round of the in the second round. Uh, Olympiacos' rivals take notice. I mean, this is nothing like Olympiacos of the first from the first round. Nothing like that team. If the one insists, though, thinking that you know Olympiacos uh, are not good enough this season, well, I wouldn't mind that personally. I'd take that. But I, th- I feel like they understand. Jo- Jovanovic is a very Ivan Jovanovic is a very good manager. So is Matias Almeida. Uh, Razvan Lucescu always takes Olympiacos seriously. It doesn't matter how poorly they perform. He always takes that team seriously. Uh, nothing like the like Olympiacos's first uh, Olympiacos performance in the first round. It was a huge win for Olympiacos against Aris because remember that was the game that had Carlos Corberan sacked. That was the game that brought Mitchell to Olympiacos. Yes. And, and also the Volos game, that was the, that was the game that destroyed, uh, uh, what was his name, Conrad de la Fuente's time at Olympiacos and perhaps his career. Correct. Correct. Uh, so yeah, Olympiacos are exercising some demons right now. It's starting to look really good. Uh, smiles have returned. I enjoyed that little, um, that little celebration in front of Fira Efta at the end of the match. Uh, it, brought, it showed unity, it showed faith, it showed belief. Reminded me a lot of Liverpool's uh, celebration after the draw with West Brom back in 2016. It wasn't much of a, we're winning the league. It was more of a, don't give up on us. Exactly. Whereas Olympiacos' celebration had that aspect of, don't give up on us, we still believe. But it also have an intense uh, sign of, we're winning the league. Absolutely. And it, the, the smiles, the way everybody was together, we didn't see that in the first half of the season. We didn't no, we see did like the players getting together, cheering in front of the fans. There's definitely a better attitude. The locker room is better. The the attitude around the players is better. And that's for a lot of reasons. Look, we're winning. Um, there's a lot less people in the locker room. A lot of a lot of the players. Uh, we we had talked before. We had told uh, we had talked to some individuals that told us, look, having a lot of people in the locker room is bad. Um, it's not good for the players. Um, you know, we, we got a lot of that information over the summer and the fall. So uh, all of this is coming together and it's producing a much more positive atmosphere. So we like to see all of it. The team is playing better. and But most of all, you like to see when the team maybe isn't playing as fast and fluid in a game like today. That's a little bit more ugly. It's a little bit more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um I lo- the words lost for me that I'm looking for, but anyway, it's oh, one of those grinded out games. Yeah, it's one of those types of games, and those are the games that you really want to see because that's when a team's medals tested. The will to win is there, and in the first half, we weren't getting those games. We weren't getting taking what we could from them. We were bending over or losing or conceding a point here and there, and those types of grinded out games. So it's great to see that this team is is fighting for those when they're deadlocked, because they know we have to win every game. Every single game is a must-win game, and they are playing like that, and I'm really happy to see it. By the way, guys, if you haven't seen it already, I put up a poll uh, for your man of the match, obviously, because we always do man of the match coaches great, so you pick your man of the match, uh, and if you don't like the options that were picked in the poll, please include your own option for man of the match to drop it in the comments, and when the time comes, we'll check those out. Um, going back to the game, Costa, uh, we talked a little bit about Yorgos Masuras, how things have been uh, a little tough for him. Uh, he got the goal. We're excited about that. Is this a return, maybe? Is this goal, 
he got the goal against Asteras before the, but that was a five nothing route. So maybe some people don't put a lot of value or stock into it. But he got a very important goal in a derby match. Do you think this is the type of event that it, it's going to take to bring the Masuras from last year back? Only time will tell. Uh, nobody can question um, Masuras' talent. Uh, yes, he had a very bad start to the season, but then again, who didn't? At Olympiacos. Uh, terrible start for Olympiacos overall, so just pinning it all on Masuras is just uh, asinine. Uh not only was this an important goal, it was an, a very beautiful goal, very difficult finish, what he did right there. But it shows that they have worked it out uh, during training, uh, that wonderful piece of, piece of skill and that connection with uh, with James, because James could telegraph Masuras's move and Masuras knew exactly how James was going to deliver it. Uh, also interesting to consider why Mitzel made that uh, that change. I think Mitzel is starting to realize that he needs players to break inside the break inside the opponent's box uh, from the from the wing, something that the three number tens cannot really do. Uh, so if Masura, if this is project reboot from Masuras, this is very welcome and this is very well needed because Olympiacos will need at least one quality winger for this late and dramatic title push with some very very exciting playoffs coming up. Uh, only time will tell. Surely Masuras has what it takes to uh, to come back. Uh, he has what it takes to uh, help Olympiacos uh, to help Olympiacos by offering solutions from the wing, breaking into the breaking into the into the box. Being Masuras is really good. We've said it before uh, uh, with being a manager's player who, who does exactly what the manager instructs. I believe in uh, Masuras. I hope uh, we see something more. Uh, hopefully, that's going to raise his confidence as well. Uh, more more choices for uh, for Mitzel moving forward when uh, the competition is only going to get uh, tougher. Yeah, I believe in Masuras, but from then on, only time will tell. Of course, of course, we can only hope. Like like I said, one of the reasons that he can be a character on the team that is very polarizing is because he isn't a winger that can take players on, but he makes a lot of great runs for us. We've seen it time and time again. He tracks back. He does a lot of things that are not showing up on highlight reels, which is. Maybe part of the reason why people don't have a great opinion of him. But, you know, because of the fact that he can't really do much on his own, um, it makes his value in some ways limited to the team when he's not scoring. So we hope for the best. We hope that we can, you know, hopefully this is the start of something great uh, for Masuras. Um, you know, some people <laughs> look at my eyes, DC. Do we really need to see more of Rebtrick Masuras on the left side? Uh, I mean, I think that's why Masuras came on as a sub. And with Oleg, you know, the, uh, there is a transfer situation there, but you know we don't really have right now somebody to replace him. I don't think a lot of people trust Marcelo as the day-in, day-out left back, but moving on from there, we'll see what happens with that. We still got some time in the transfer window. Another player I wanted well, to discuss was... Oh, no, Rod yeah. oh go ahead. Go ahead, Gosta. Finish oh, no, no, I just wanted to say about Reabchuk. Basically, uh, I truly feel like the only thing that uh, delays a deal with... Uh, one of Reabchuk's suitors, and more specifically Bologna, who do need him, who do need uh, additions at left back, is the fact that Olympiacos haven't sorted his replacement yet. Right. Uh, Suazo continues to be uh, the favorite, could, but it seems like Olympiacos and Mitzel specifically prefer Lato, who's very indecisive. And I feel like Lato just wants to run his contract at Valencia. We're also not keen on letting players go mid-season, which is something a lot of teams uh, feel this way. And maybe Lato wants to become a free agent so he can 
he can negotiate a better deal with his new with whichever new club he finds which is very common actually like uh, i would say marcus tiram is probably thinking the same way at borussia mönchengladbach with all those premier league teams uh, chasing him right now uh so yeah olympiacos are being very smart about this because if they sell reabchuk right now as we speak and then swazo feels like oh you know what i'm okay in latin america i don't really feel like going to europe and latos continues to be indecisive then olympiacos are screwed because who do you play on the on the left right now really you play you play marcelo against atromitos of course but then you're not going to keep playing atromitos forever uh so yeah, that's what's going on. But uh, so that's what we know at Gate Seven International about uh, about the Rabjuk situation. I don't know, Ari, do you have any more info? Uh, on on Oleg, no, I do not. But I do know that we are uh, probably going to have one less player available for the left back position. Uh, some of you guys may have seen uh, some of the discussions, rumors on uh, maybe. I guess it wouldn't be mainstream Greek media yet. Uh, but before the before the new year, there were discussions about uh, Doran Leidner going on loan, and then yeah. um, a couple of smaller uh, papers have discussed that he's actually going on loan uh, to Austria. Um, uh, I, I believe the club. Uh, I don't remember what the, who the club was that they said, but somewhere in Austria for six months. Um, I would imagine. I would imagine it would have to be. Eh, well, I don't remember who. I don't know who it would be. I'm not like an expert on the. Austrian league either so it's some the rumor is he's going to Austria for about a six-month loan uh it's a shame because I think we need him but apparently he hasn't impressed Michel I think he's a very talented player we brought up that he is on that list he's top 10 for most most talented young players uh young fullbacks I think it was so uh, we do have a gem there and I hope he gets if he does go on loan I hope he gets a lot of time uh and then he comes back to us over the summer and plays really well but I wanted to discuss uh, Rodine with another Absolutely. positive performance today. Absolutely. I mean, you could see there again, not that I think Oleg did anything bad today. I don't think I don't remember him getting beat, uh, at least not beat one-on-one. I don't remember him getting beat very badly, but I don't there was nothing really else that he did that was noteworthy. Um, he didn't connect, I think he had like a couple of crosses, didn't connect anything, but Rodine was taking players on making opportunities. He even had that one ball in the first half. I think it was a cross that ended up going to the keeper, but it could have been dangerous if somebody was making his way onto it. And another positive performance. Uh, I told you guys in the deep dive that this guy, I understood. I wasn't super excited about him at first when I heard about him, but then after watching the film on him and seeing the type of player he was, I really thought he was going to have value. And two games in, the guy is showing that he is valuable uh, for the, for Olympiacos. What did you make of it? If there's one word, uh, if there's if there's one way to describe Rodine right now at Olympiacos is composed. He is so composed in that right wing on when it comes to both his defensive duties and his attacking duties. I, he's not uh, is he impressive? Of course he's impressive, but he's not dazzling. He's not the kind of guy right. who comes on and you immediately realize he means business. He's there to do his work as a as exactly. a right back, quick in defense. Uh, very helpful in attack, so so accurate with his passing. His positioning is almost always perfect. Always offers solutions. He's there when it, when he's needed, and he just oozes confidence. He oozes composure. Uh, I don't I don't remember the last time we saw that uh, down the down the right uh, down at right back uh, ever since Omar left. Uh, 
Well, remember Lala? Yeah, Lala didn't no, do that. Andruzzos, Versalico was done. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely impressive player. Can't wait to see more from him. Yep. Uh, I, I have a feeling his uh, his uh, his performances can only become better because he's going to keep adjusting with the team more, keep understanding what Mitzel needs a little more. The competition is going to improve, so he has to improve as well. Absolutely, I'm happy with that transfer. Very much happy with that transfer so far. If Suazo is also the same, then Olympiacos are going to be something else in the second round. Let me tell you. I I agree with you there, man. And actually, I said two games, three games. Ionikos, Volos, and today. I was like completely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah, completely was forgetting about those two games. So yeah, it's and and you know what the crazy thing is too, it it kind of scares me sometimes because he sits so far up, he goes so far ahead like he sometimes he's like in line with the attackers and and i sit there i'm like oh god i hope i hope that he doesn't get caught there i hope like i sit there and i panic because we've seen it happen before with plenty of our with plenty of our fullbacks in the past so i i every time he does it i i get a little scared but man he knows when to get back he's actually and he gets back pretty fast too when he needs to he tracks back very well so it's very you know we're still early on only three games in uh, but I, I am very much enjoying what I'm seeing from from Rodine. I'm very happy with this transfer. Um, unfortunately, we can't say that the majority of our transfers we've been happy about uh, so far this season. But he's one that, you know, for a winter transfer and being, you know, the first one, the only one that we've made so far, uh, I can say that I'm, I'm happy with him uh, going, moving forward. Uh, there were some comments also about Pep BL. Uh, look at my eyes, DC. He was a very big fan of Pep Biel today. He he had a, a solid game. He had a nice yep. take. I brought it up earlier, that free kick. Man, mm-hmm. he had a he did have a nice take. And you know what the funny thing was? I still remember the first half of the season uh, when he hadn't really hit the ground running. After he had the his debut, he had, I think it was a goal and assist. And people were like, oh, he's, not a t- he's a terrible player. Uh, we spent too much money for my like, guys. This is this is the talent we want on this team. This guy is really good. His luxury the team is for the in, Greek league. Pepiel is a luxury for the Greek league. Exactly, exactly. I mean, the the whole team was playing bad, uh, and people were were going at Pepiel in the first half of the season. No, this guy's talent. You saw it today. A couple of chances that he manufactured. Coach Michel tuning in. How do you like me now? <laughs> well, we're still we're still waiting. There's still a lot to prove, still a lot of there's work to st- do. There's still a lot to do, a lot my friend. Still, still a lot, lot to do. A, I think uh, yeah, but still a lot of work, man. Exactly. I think I think we know who's behind that one. Good to see you, our uh Australian friend. Uh but yeah, anyway, going back to Pepiel, uh just a very talented player and even playing out of position, he was playing on the on the wing. Um now we're I wanted to ask you something real quick, a uh, little quick tangent. Did did Michel flip Pep Biel and Costas Fortunis today? Or is it just me? I'm not sure, but I wouldn't be surprised if he did it, uh, if he did it against Aris and if he likes to do it uh, in general, like if he's going to keep doing that. Because uh, I, like, uh, honestly, you know this better than I do. You're more of a tactical, tactical mind than I do. But I'm not so sure how long Mitzel can keep going with three number 10s behind the set, the center four, which is usually Cedric Bakambu. And that's why I feel like Masuras came on came on so early. Uh, I don't know. What do you feel? What do you feel? Do you think that the the, the, the little three musketeers thing is going to keep going? 
Look, the there was a lot of discussion about that on social media. On social media, we we a lot of people were talking about. Uh, you had some people that were like, "This you ha- you can't play them together." Look what happens when we finally finally played a good team. Uh, then I saw people arguing the other way, saying, "Well, yeah, I get what you're saying, but they're they're like you know, Fortuny, James Rodriguez, and Pepe are three of our best players on the team. You can't not play them." And everybody, look, all of these things that these people are saying are correct. Everything everybody's saying is correct. Like you're right. We realistically we can't run three tens all the time, but they are they are three of our most talented players on the team. Not taking away anything from Inbom Huang, who I value highly, and I think also is one of those great players on the team, best eleven. But we haven't had a consistent winger. You know, people the people that I see singing Yorgos Masuras' praise today were the ones saying that he's garbage. We need to get rid of him in the winter. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. So. He 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 does make some of those runs that are going to be needed in games like today. But you can make the argument that it's because of what was being done by James Pepiel and Cosas Fortunis in the first half that it opened things up for him. So the game – and it's not like we didn't make opportunities. Like you brought up earlier, Cosas Fortunis and the opportunity where Bakambu was uh, kind of just like lollygagging off in an offside position. Careless. Uh, Exactly, careless. It's not that we weren't making opportunities in the first half. Um, There were some there. Now, there were better opportunities coming in the second half, especially once the introduction of Yorgos Masuras was there. But I don't necessarily believe that that us running the 310s at this point is a mistake. It's gotten us where we are. And it it, it was competitive. Michel managed the game very well, brought in the right player at the right time, and we got the goal for it. You know, I'm I I still, as much as I don't like the idea of running three tens, and and I understand people's concern with that. You also coaches also think about who what is my best eleven? Who are my best eleven players that are going to be um, on the pitch? And right now, Pep Biel, James Rodriguez, and Cosas Fortunis, they're they're my they're they're three of my best eleven players. That's just that's it. You know, Gary Rodriguez gets hurt frequently. He also hasn't been super productive recently. Um, you know, Yorgas Masuras outside of today hasn't offered much all season. So the, I think I, I, let's not fix what isn't necessarily broken yet. Um, we have to keep rolling with what's working and that's it. I mean, I do believe that against the box of the world, uh, against Ike. And when we play Bonathan Akos for the second time that we won't necessarily be able to do this, but we'll we'll take that when the time comes we have to manage the situation as we're going and right now this is working for me how about you i'm just thinking because the competition is only going to get tougher especially when the playoffs come uh, come around that is if olympiacos are still within uh, a reasonable distance uh, to uh to finishing first minus seven wouldn't be the end of the world but more than that would be a bit tough uh I'm just thinking teams that are going to get, hold the line high, like I, I are going to keep the lines high up on the pitch. Uh, Nikos will also will also are also going to make it tough because they're they're the kind of team that knows how to how to get the result that they want. How are Olympiacos going to be breaking inside the box? How are Olympiacos going to be, especially from the wings? I just, I'm not so sure this is something that can last for Olympiaco, especially something that can drive them uh, to the um, drive drive them to the top of the league. I don't think I'm very I'm 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 very convinced. It works right now, but it works against uh, inferior competition. 
Let's see. Let's see. I don't know. It'd be good if Olympiakos signed the winger as well, in my opinion. Just something, yeah. someone to offer a little bit of ex, just a bit of spark down there, just a bit of uh, just a bit of explosion, just something in there, just a bit of power, someone to that breaks inside the box and brings the players in. That, I don't know. No, I I hear what you're saying, man. I I hear exactly what you're saying. Um, I wanted to bring up something because I see a comment here from uh, our good friend Johnny Tavugas. Uh, I think the most telling adjustments have been in the defense. The same two center backs at Pascalakis. Stability. Uh, and I do agree. I think the stability in defense has helped. I do still think that defensively we are a little bit shaky. Um, I'm not 100% convinced. Uh, we, you know, Of course, no goals against. You can't really complain all things together. But I share, we shared a statistic on our socials about uh, for goalkeepers. It was a goalkeeper ranking. It was prevented goals, uh, total prevented goals, prevented goals per 90 minutes. And before this game, before this match against Adis, who is number two in the Greek Super League in pre- goalkeepers, that is, prevented goals per 90 minutes? I'm all ears. I like it. So I'm not going to argue necessarily that the that we have stability in the center back now. I, I, I hugely rate what Ndoy has been doing. And even Socrates, uh, Socrates, who's getting up there in age, is a little bit slower. Um, I, I, I value both of their performances. But coming into this, Baskarlakis has been one of uh, the goalkeeper. And this is all based on Scout data that has prevented the most goals in, in the time that he's playing. And as a goalkeeper, the way that they, they generate this statistic, this prevented goal statistic is that, um, uh, you guys know what XG is, or those of you that have been following, you know what XG is, it's expected goals, right? Well, when you then look at the shots that are on target and you're measuring what a goalkeeper is saving, you're not taking just the XG of a shot and that's it. No shots that go on frame. When you're looking at when this type of shot is on target, how often is it scored? This is a different, uh, type. This is a different XG that's produced because, um, when these shots are on frame, what's the likelihood that if it is on frame, it goes in goal. So we, we measure those goals or those shots, the, the average number of time that they score and that they are goals. And then we look at what the goalkeeper saves. And that's how we determine how many goals he's prevented. Because if he's saving a bunch of shots that would be goals, you know, six times out of 10, he's saving them every time he's going to have a higher figure. Um, now, most people in Greece I've been seeing have talked about how great Cuesta has been because he has. He's, he had some great saves against us today. Um, but Baskalakis has done that for Libyakos. So as much as we want to praise the center backs, guys, Baskalakis has bailed us out a lot. I mean, th- he has stopped a whole lot of shots. And there was a game against um, – was it the uh, – no. Was it the game against the um, not Atromeros or maybe it is Atromeros that I'm thinking of um, in the cup? The uh, second leg. Maybe it was the second leg. He, I, I'll I can actually pull it up while we're talking. But there there was a game where we probably could have conceded two goals, or maybe it was against Ionikos. I'll I'll pull it up because now it's bothering mm-hmm. me. Uh, but there's been a couple of games where we've conceded chances, 
we don't we haven't been since the restart conceding a lot of chances something that our defense has done very well on blocking shots uh closing lanes down not allowing a lot going on in our final third but Baskalakis has really stepped up and also kept clean sheets saved us from what would have been in the first half of the season, goals that stopped our wins, goals that saw teams come back against us. And I think we have to give him more credit. Uh, I, I've seen a, a few people on socials um, talking about this. I've seen a couple of people, not really in Greek mainstream media, discuss it. But I see some people at least giving him the credit that I think he deserves. And as somebody that wasn't excited about him and that really was not happy that we signed him, Baskalakis has really changed my opinion of him. Uh, Might as well, big time. I I, seriously, I didn't think that the odds were good that he would have that impact that he did for Bach in Europe previously. I thought we would get, you know, the Baskalakis that they had during the season that was a little bit more inconsistent. He was benched for Zivko Zivkovic, an absolute donkey. Not for not for no reason either. Yeah, it was. He committed some unbelievable howlers. I cannot count the amount of goals he conceded from his own tight from the tight exactly. angle. Do you remember Podence's goal in Tuba? I do actually. That, that was, was, that was Pascalakis. I was thinking to myself, Olbiakos, after Vatslik's injury, I was thinking Olbiakos, uh, a, a, a nice little tradition of Olbiakos having stability and safety and, and uh, insurance in the goalpost is over. But yep. he, he changed my mind. Paschalakis absolutely changed my mind. I am so happy for him. I yeah, I'm putting my hands up and I'm saying this, guys. I was totally wrong about Alexandros Paschalakis. He has been absolutely amazing. Absolute stability. Absolute absolute safety between the sticks. Honestly, like when that penalty uh, was awarded to Panathinaikos and in Leuphoros, I still had a glimmer of hope. Uh, something I wouldn't have had if Paschalakis wasn't uh, wasn't uh, wasn't between the sticks. I feel like. I feel like Pascal could have saved that, but you know what? He's done so well this season that I, I'm willing to cut him quite a lot of slack. He has been incredible. Uh, I'm so glad because he's also Greek. I don't think he, I don't think he's good enough to take uh, Odysseus Blachodimos' place in the Ethniki because Blachodimos has been phenomenal. Absolutely one of the best goalkeepers in Europe. But number two, absolutely. Uh, really glad he proved me wrong. And also, he Pascalakis will exit... The, the box <laughs> he'll, he'll leave yeah. the box he'll come off he'll come off his line yeah <laughs> so um i see um but i don't want to like, like let's not take anything away from doy and uh, especially socrates has taken a lot of stick but let's yes. not forget he is one of the best greek players of all time definitely one of the best greek defenders of all time with an amazing career in the bundesliga and the premier league uh, a guy that brings a lot of uh, a lot of physicality. He brings uh, he brings experience. He brings a lot of knowledge. I mean, amazing defensive nous for Olympiakos. And say what you want, but at the end of the day, when it comes to centre back pairings, you need the right chemistry. And Doyen Papastathopoulos have it. It's obvious that you have experience meets youth right there. And uh, I, I feel like Socrates is being a father figure to Doy. Uh, he is being a teacher. Doy looks up to him. So you know what? Just keep it this way. Leave Retzos for now. Don't try and make it a thing for the future. We don't care about the future right now. What we care about is the next game. Just keep Socrates and Doi. It's obviously the best centre-back pairing. And move onwards. Uh, obviously, we really, really need to fix that left-back. I really hope at least Suazo 
uh, agrees and puts pen to paper so Rapture can be sold. Because I got a question for Yari. Mm -hmm. If Rapture isn't sold this month, do you think Olympiacos will ever be able to sell him at least for a decent price? Oh. That's a good question, isn't it? That's a very good question. Comment section, really comment question. section. Let us know. Rapture doesn't leave this month. Oh, can Olympiacos a... ever sell him? For a oh, decent God. fee, at least a decent fee. I, that's not even a question I want to think about, to be honest with you. Oh, we're going to think about it, though. We are going to think about it. No. Come on. No. Come on. We have to. We're Gate 7 International. We don't cower away from difficult questions. Oh, my goodness. There's – I – look, it'll depend. He would, he would have to play a lot better than he has been, at least. Because um, right now, you're selling, you're selling him on – the fact that he's almost never gets injured yeah. and that he does leave it on the field. That's what you're selling him on. You're not selling him on the fact that he's going to be lights out, producing tons of shot opportunities for you. Cause he does not. Or crosses. Um, or crosses. Yeah. So well, uh, I, I like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to think about that right now. Let me, let me give me another. How's, let, we'll hey, another how's that episode. for a thought? If you don't want to think about it, think about that. Oh, look at my eyes, DC. We will never sell Rebchuk. He will retire with us, and he will become our coach. Uh, you're putting that in the universe. That's hilarious. Hey. Can you imagine that? Hey, Can't look, man. Now. Maybe he, he could end up being a good coach. Like, I don't know. You could be an some... amazing coach. Jose Mourinho was an awful player. Jurgen Klopp was an awful player. Look at them now. Right. I was like, you don't have to be an amazing player to be a great coach. That's That doesn't always end up as the case. <laughs> So, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think we're going to be able to sell him for a decent fee. I don't think well, so. What, what's I, a decent fee? What's a decent fee? Well, right now he's going for four million, isn't he? Four to That's five. That's a decent fee. That is a that decent. Is, fee. That is absolutely four, 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 decent. Five. But I feel like his uh, his uh, stock will uh, will keep uh, will keep going down if he stays for longer. Because as you said, like he keeps playing every single game, which means the chance of him getting injured by the end of this season, uh, and considering the competition is only going to get worse, um, chances are keep increasing. I feel like this is a really big opportunity for Olbiakos, and they just need to take it. But it's yeah. just I'm, I'm convinced it's the fact that Olbiakos cannot sort out the replacement that's uh, keeping this transfer from happening. Yeah, Yanis uh, Spinos here brings up a good point in the fact that he's still 25, so he's still it's a good age, and that's another thing that that you know that he has going for him too. Um, so his value may be dropping, but at least he's still 25. Look, for me, a decent fee. We paid two million for him. We get three, we get four. Mm -hmm. uh, that, those are decent fees. For, we're making money. Like, that's all I care about at this point. <laughs> <laughs> the bar, the bar isn't too high. You know what I mean? Like that's, uh, that's 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 it. And the and here's the unfortunate thing: um, if we don't ever end up getting a replacement for him, then that reality that will become a reality. We can't just sell him without a replacement. We can't sell him and. Hope Marcelo is going to save us through playoffs? No, sir. No, sir. These playoffs are going to matter. Uh-uh. So, God, why'd you have to bring that up? It's going to sour my mood the rest of the night. No, no. I feel like this is a very legitimate question right there. It's a very legitimate question. Just one I don't want to think about right now. That's so yeah, I mean, it's good not to think about, you know, the, um, the long-term future. But I, I got to tell you, between you and me, I'm a bit – I'm, I'm a bit confused as to why Bologna are so keen on him. <laughs> so Look, keen on him. An it Italian, a Serie A club. 
it, it again different different situation different type of ball like maybe in in a more defensive setup that's what they want somebody that's more traditional that's gonna run yeah, not maybe. be beaten you know that's in that context maybe he's fine look it, the player has changed since he's been here whether you believe it's an improvement or not he has changed since he's been here when we first got him he used to run like a maniac up and down all the time he didn't used to sit back he and he's quick like we always forget that oleg's pretty fast and we saw that when he first came in he's a fast guy but the so what we're seeing now i don't think it's necessarily the end all be all of what he is or what he could be even a couple years down the road even a year down the road he has changed since he's been with us. I'm not saying it's been good. I'm not saying it's been bad. I'm going to leave that argument. We've had enough of those talks about him. I'm just saying there are traits that I I do believe, and I do want, especially an Italian team, that I believe they would find at least somewhat valuable. So that doesn't surprise me. Well, I feel like those are legitimate, uh, legitimate points. Maybe Bologna are looking for a bit of more Catenaccio. Let's see. We'll see, man. We'll see. Well, Costa, we are coming up uh, almost on the now on the hour mark. Do you mm-hmm. want to get into it with our man of the match and our coaches? Great. Let's do this. We've got we've got we've built up quite a few votes also on the poll. So after we do our man of the match coaching grade, we'll we'll uh, touch on the the fan vote, guys. If you haven't voted in the poll already, please do so. If there is somebody that's not included in the poll that you want to shout for man of the match, then also do that as well. Um, Costa, how would you like to start? For man of the match and coach's grade. Well, I mean, man of the match. It's kind of tough to pick uh, to pick one guy. I mean, uh, Masuras did prove to be the difference maker coming on. Incredible assist by James Rodriguez. Pepiel put together a masterclass as well. But Juan Guimbom, this guy is just incredible. This guy is just unparalleled at Olympiacos. In my opinion, the best midfielder in Greece. An absolute luxury to have. He's everywhere. Offers a solution everywhere. So good so good in in the way he brings uh, defense and midfield and midfield and attack together amazing runs incredible positioning oozes confidence i feel like olbiakos players feel a lot more confident when huang is on the pitch i gotta give it to huang again this time another amazing amazing performance absolutely uh and he also had that cracker shot too yeah uh, that was saved by cuesta and uh just something for lambro remember lambro said he wasn't like a very physical player you couldn't play him as six he he got into a couple tussles and won every single one of them today so <laughs> so good on him uh maybe lambro would change his mind but uh what about your coach's grade oh coach's grade I'm going to give him a B plus because it kind of looked like this was the kind of game Olympiacos could lose at times. A very, uh, a very slow, a nervy first half, much better second half. But the fact that Olympiacos couldn't finish against Julian Cuesta, Pepiel missed a big chance. Uh, uh, who else? Who else am I missing here? Uh, El Arabi missed a big chance. The fact that Olympiacos couldn't finish, couldn't finish. The more I watched this game, the more I was feeling like just finish it, finish it, finish it. Because I was thinking about all those goals Olympiacos kept conceding in uh, at stupid o'clock at the end uh, uh, at the uh, at the go home minutes of every single uh, match of the first uh, of the first round. How many yeah. were they? I think it was seven games. Olympiacos conceded crucial goals yeah. uh, in the dying minutes, and that's what I was thinking. Just keep finish it, finish it, finish it, finish it. They already had two goals that were overruled, but it didn't Absolutely. happen. The reason why I'm not giving him the A is because um, is because of that. So it's a B plus for me. 
Uh, I think that's a, a very fair grade. Uh, for for me, look, there's a couple of shouts. Uh, there's a couple of shouts that I think you could have for a man of the match. Um, uh, obviously, uh, there, was, there would be some that would point to James Rodriguez, not just because he had the assist, but because he his distribution was quite good today as well. Uh, I saw a couple people excited about Pep Biel, another, I think, good shout for him. He had a great game today. Uh, Yorgos Masuras. Uh, that was the goal scorer. So you'd be very, mm-hmm. it would be uh, not a stretch to say he's the man of the match. He came on, had the impact, and it was his goal that won the game. But I think in the end, for me, I am in agreement with you. I mean, I uh, a lot of people got on my case about giving Cosas Fortunas in the last league match the man of the match, uh, which, again, I'm, I'm dying on that hill. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. But, I'm, I mean, Huang Inbom, I mean, incredible. Uh, looking at Sofa score, he had 80 touches today. Uh, oh, 80 touches in a game that was, you know, if you look at like the number of passes that were played between the teams, not as high as it normally is. So for him to still have that high level of, of touch volume, uh, winning as many balls as he did, uh, rarely losing possession, um, you know, uh, uh, attempted 70, sorry, 69 passes, completed 61 of them, almost a 90% pass accuracy. This guy is class. So uh, involved in so many things, uh, an engine of creation for us. I'm definitely giving Huang uh, Mbom my man of the match as well. I also want to give a shout to Jan Mvila. Jan Mvila is fighting for a contract renewal. <laughs> the only player on the field today that had more touches than Huang Mbom. Jan Mvila almost had 100 touches today. Jesus. So, yeah, he swings under the radar all the time because, again, Jan Vila doesn't have a lot of uh, highlight, you know, crazy balls that are played, final balls that are played. I don't think he does. I think, it ju- I think we can all see how influential he is. I, I just don't think how – I don't think we understand exactly how influential this guy is. Exactly. He's very influential. He is – he's just another guy that we – that moves the ball around very well for us. He, he moves the ball – like Guillerme used to, but he doesn't have the mobility that Guillerme has or the ability to get forward that Guillerme used to have. So, uh, again, he, uh, a guy that goes on as like an unsung hero in so many games, I have to give a shout to Jan Bila, but Wong and Bum again, uh, man of the match. I think he's by far our most rated man of the match in these games, uh, this season so far. So good on him, and um, I am also going to give a B plus to Michelle for man for uh, coach's grade because, again, I, I had no issue with the way he set up the game. It's been working for us, so why not stick with it? I I will never be upset about that. And then his first sub has instant impact. What, what can you say more about that? Um, and then you know we closed out the game one nothing. It was difficult. A um, couple of changes maybe that could have been made. A little bit differently, but I can't complain when he gets the result. He, uh, Vasily Sabrakos, when he talked to us <laughs> a couple of years ago, there was a line he said that I will never forget. It's one of my favorites. And it is he said that coaches get paid the big bucks because they have to make the decisions, <laughs> you know, before we get to analyze the decisions. So I, <laughs> I love that line. I think about that all the time. So that's why Michelle is getting the big bucks for Lubiakos and he's making, he made the right decisions, I think, today. And it's paid off. We've gone. Absolutely. We've had the same players really that we've had since the first half of the season, and he's stringing the wins together. It took a while. He picked the players. He's making it happen. So good on him. Uh, another a coach that we kind of were. Is this going to work with him or not? And he's really he's really turned things around. 
Well, I gotta ask, uh, Ari, before we uh, before we close, I, I feel like this is becoming a gate seven. For, uh, this is becoming gate seven tradition this season. Another streak broken from Olympiacos. Big game one within ninety minutes. Let's call it a derby. I'm gonna keep calling it a derby because the Greeks call it a derby. Finally, first derby won. Four wins in the trot on the trot. Can Olympiacos win the title? Listen, man, I, even a couple of weeks ago, was still like, eh, but I'm feeling, I, I'm feeling hope, man. I'm feeling like, do you, the, the first and second season with Pedro Martins, where we felt like anything was possible. I don't feel like that yet, but man, I'm, when Libyakos plays and it's game day, I'm not like, oh God, what are we going to see today? <laughs> I'm now like, man. I'm excited to see what happens today. And I haven't had that emotion for with the Libyakos for a while. So I I I am believing in this team more and more every week when I see it. Uh I love this from Jan. Yes, Bame. Yeah, buddy. Look, I, the fans I think are believing. The whole atmosphere around the team is getting better. So I yeah, man. And um oh, I forgot to put the poll up that we always do if you think we're gonna win the title. But uh, at the very least, I'll share the poll. The fans, man of the match, uh, you guys voted. 39% voted for Huang and Baum. Same as uh, you and myself, Costa. 32% for James Rodriguez. So he came in as the runner-up. Uh, very close between him and Huang and Baum. Yorgos Masuras in with 20% and Pep BL at 9%. That must have been uh, look at my eyes, DC and friends uh, for Pep BL. I feel like he's always one of the guys that's excited about Pep BL every week. So, hey, all I can say, man, is positive vibes around the team in all aspects. Uh, you know, great, good move, making um, reparations, I should say, for the mistakes. Is that the right word? Fixing, I'll just say fixing mistakes that were made, and now things are coming together. This is the talent that we knew we've had on this team and that we knew we could get out of this team, and it's finally coming. We're excited to see it. And we look like a team that could pull off one of the biggest turnarounds in Greek soccer history or Greek football history, I should say. Uh, And it's really something to be excited about, something that gives me hope. And I hope hope that anybody that's watching really is getting excited about it. I mean, this is really – this season, especially in the second half of the season, this is a great advertisement for the Greek Super League. It is tight. It is exciting. Olympiacos isn't you know, as much as I love Olympiacos winning the league by double digits. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I don't like doing that, but this is a really exciting season. So many teams are in it. It's going to be a really exciting playoffs. This is, I feel like this is what they had in mind when they did the playoffs, something like this. But, I think they, I think they had in mind of ending Olympiacos, ending Olympiacos supremacy. <laughs> I think that was what they really had in mind. It's good that it's entertaining, I guess, for the, uh, for the non-fan, the guy that's only here for the entertainment, like I am in the Premier League. But at the end of the day, I've said it many times before, I'm going to say this again. What do I think Olympiacos need to be in Greece? The Bayern Munich of Greece. There we go. Okay, Olympiacos next season need to shut that shit down. Okay, we're all having fun here. It's all very exciting. Uh, we we never know what's gonna happen next week. It's it's like a it's like it's like a good game of seasons, uh, see, Game of Thrones season. But you know what? Next season you drop it. Next season you shut that shit down and you get back to what you know 
uh, get back to what you usually do in Europe. I, uh, I I said it before in the show. Unless I see Olympiacos winning more than two games in the in a row, I don't believe shit. Now they've won four games in a, in a row in in Greece. If I don't see Olympiacos winning a derby, I don't believe shit. Well, they wanted the easiest derby. I'm on 51-49 right now. I feel like 51 goes to Olympiacos winning the league. Two more games against uh, Atromitos and Dofi. By the time we come, in two weeks' time, we could be talking about six six wins in a row. Olympiacos should and can and should win the next two games. And then it's Pauk time. Unless, so I'm saying this right now on the show. Unless I see Olympiacos winning a big derby, I don't believe shit. That's the next I challenge. Think, I think that's fair. But let me, I, I want to ask you something real quick before we sign of off here. So we have, uh, you know, we played the first of three games we're going to be playing against Adis in the next 10 days. Uh, it's a very tough cup tie. So we're going to play Adis two more times, bone crunching, grind it out games. Um, how are you, if you're Michelle, how are you looking at these cup games? Are you, are these must win games for you? Are you, are you thinking about the double or are you maybe going to play a lot of reserves in the cup game or, and, and try and hope to dominate against Atromiros? How are you looking at this? Cause we have, uh, it's in a couple of days, I think it's, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? Wednesday, Wednesday. Wednesday we have the cup, the cup game against Adis, the first leg. And then. At the Karaskaki, that's correct. And the next Sunday is Atromiros. So how are you handling that? Are you going to play more reserves against Atromiros because it's a team that we seem to usually do well against? Or are you focused on making sure you dominate the league and then maybe playing some reserves against uh, Adis? How are you handling that? Well, the, uh, here is the mentality that exists within Adis fans. Adis fans don't care about the league because they won't let us win it. So the cup has become some sort of a holy grail for Aris. That's what right. they want. That's their big goal every year. Every year what they want to do is win, uh, win the Greek cup because that's the most realistic uh, honor they could achieve. So Aris are going to go really hard on that, extremely hard on that. What I would advise Mitzel, me personally, uh, Play your starters at Karaiskaiki on Wednesday, the first leg. If you manage to uh, win by a comfortable score, that is at least a three-goal, a three-goal lead. A three, uh, especially if you, I th I feel like the first Mitzel's first um, first challenge is not to concede. Don't concede. And if Olympiakos managed to win comfortably with a comfortable scoreline, then yeah, maybe you can go to Salonika with uh, a few changes. Uh, but Aris are going to go hard, so that is extremely difficult. You got to ask yourself: Do you want to win the double? Are you can can, can you be bothered with a um, with a, Are you bothered with the Greek Cup? But you're Olympiakos, you got to win the double. That's what you always go for. I just said it: Bayern Munich of Greece, you go for everything. So I feel like keep doing what you're doing right now. That is, take each match uh, day by day. Just think about the next match. Don't think long term. Play your starters against Aris, and if you manage to pick up a comfortable victory, which you should aspire to, because Olympiacos have scored 12 goals in their last four league matches, that's uh, that's crazy. That's uh, that's what three goals per match. My math's not great. Is it three goals per match? 
Yeah, in, in so the last four games. They, they realistically could score, could score three goals against Aris at the end of the day, and they haven't conceded. So, yeah, That's I'd, say, I'd say play your starters against Thadis, and then depending on how the outcome is, and, you know, Atromitos are quite weak, maybe you could, maybe you could, maybe you could, uh, maybe you could uh, save a few starters uh, against Atromitos, because Atromitos are quite weak, so you could, you could start a few fringe players, you know, playing with the big boys, and you take it like that. Game by day, but I that so start your starters on Wednesday. Maybe get uh, get some subs in your starting lineup against Atromitos, and then we see what happens. We see how we are with uh next week in the second leg. Yeah, that works for me, man. Guys, if you haven't done so already, before we close up, don't forget to like and subscribe. We have some uh big games coming up, Adi's coming up during the week. Uh, if we're able to, we'll do a post-match for that. Uh, again, another important match. And, of course, Atromidos the following week. Um, Champions League coming up. No European ball, of course, for Libyakos, but we will be following uh, for the for betting purposes, of course. If you want to bet along with us, we're going to do that as well. Um, always excited to have you guys join us. Uh, we do this. We love it because we get the engagement from you guys. Uh, we love growing this community. We love meeting you guys. Costa, I think, is going to be in Greece in a, in uh, a few weeks, right? He said in February. In February, he's going to be in Greece. So hopefully, he gets a chance to meet you guys, like Lambro, myself, and Marcial did. So uh, you know, the bigger we get, the more fun this gets. Meeting everybody and hanging out, and of course, when Ibiakos is winning, it makes things all the better. So. Costa, do you have anything else before we... No, nah, man, let's go, man. Good night, everyone, and uh, <laughs> keep the faith. Carlita, everybody. Uh, hopefully, Libyakos continues this run of dominance. Hopefully, they continue to win, uh, make us happy, and at least make the 2023 year, start of 2023, better than how it ended for us as far as Libyakos football was concerned. So thank you guys again. This is Gate 7 International by the fans for the fans your number one source for all things Libyakos in English. And until next time, guys, we'll see you.